nice to see you. Hi, everyone. This is our uh, once, uh, I don't know, maybe once a month Sunday hangout with Ramdas, and I'm Raghu Marcus. So, uh, I think I told you on the phone, I have this uh, absolutely uh, amazing, I, I found a letter, okay? One of those aerograms, remember? Like we used to send from India yeah. before there was what there is now? Yeah. And it was from Krishnadas to me. You're talking maybe mid-80s or something. And uh, he was with K.C. Tuari and everybody out there. We had three major mentors in India. K.K. Shah, Dada Mukherjee, and K.C. Tuari. We don't mention Siddhiman the same breath because she's her own mother thing to us. I mean, beyond... Uh, but these people directly uh, influenced us and uh, and were really part of what everyone receives, actually, when they come to uh, to Maui, to these retreats when we're all gathered together with, with you and Krishnadas and all that. So anyhow, KC was one of those. And in fact, we're actually... Uh, we're going to make a little... We are in the midst of making a documentary about him because he's the one person of those three. Dada had books. Now, KK has a book where people can actually reference who these people were to the Westerners that were over there at that time. So in the process of that, I happened upon this letter from Krishnadas that I'll read to you now, uh, which is one time... Uh, K.C. Tuari and Maharaji, Maharaji met up in Nainital, okay? One time Maharaji came very late to Nainital. He was in a great mood, very happy. It was before Hanumangar, which is the temple, the first temple Maharaji built in Nainital, in that area, it was before Hanumangar was built and before night driving was allowed in Nainital. Okay, so you had to walk. What? Night driving. No night drive. Before that, it wasn't allowed because they didn't have proper... Uh, not that they have great lighting right now. I don't know why. <laughs> it didn't make sense. They walked... <laughs> <laughs> they walked, or rather ran, out to the place where the Hanuman Gard Temple would eventually be built, right? And now that place... That's quite a walk. Yeah. <laughs> that place is where it was a, a cemetery or an internment place for orphans and, and children that had become very sick, right? It was a very haunted place. So they walked out there, ran out there. Many devotees gathered, as they used to around Maharaji. After some time, Maharaji said, KC, these people are, all, uh, are always asking me to show them God. KC said, well, so show them. Maharaji said, how can I show them when I haven't seen myself? KC said, you mean there is no God? <laughs> what kind of an exchange is that, right? Maharaji said, that's not what I mean. After a few minutes, he said, you are a Brahmin. Have you read the Bhagavad Gita, the Gita, he said? KC said, yes, I've read it. Maharaji said, did Arjun see God? KC said, yes. Maharaji then started abusing KC. You Brahmins and sadhus go on confusing the people and misleading them. Did Arjun see God? KC said, yes. Again, Maharaji became furious and started yelling about how the Brahmins are the cause of all the misunderstanding and suffering of the poor people. <laughs> Again, Maharaji said to KC, did Arjun see God? By that time, KC went, emphatically, no! <laughs> Maharaji was silent. 
After a few minutes, Maharaji said, Arjun could not see. Krishna said, see, but he could not see. When did he see? KC said, when Krishna gave him the third eye vision? Maharaji said, it comes from grace. Man cannot demand it or see with mortal eyes. But if you look at the lofty mountains or the rolling sea or the vast sky and think the Lord made this, it's all his projection. Then you can see. How great is that? <laughs> and then in this letter, Krishnadas says, he said, after a few minutes, Krishna said to KC, well, what about the mess that man has made? And KC said, why should you judge? It's just your judgmental mind. That's how he responded. And Krishna said, enough said. We can't demand. It will come by his grace. We should just try to remember that not a leaf flutters to the ground that God does not know. Nice letter, eh? From yeah. <laughs> thirty yeah. odd years ago. Well, that's a beautiful. I'm, I'm, that's I'm happy, happy, happy. Mm. That's a wonderful letter. Can you imagine? Um, can you imagine Maharaji saying, "I, how can I show them when I haven't seen myself?" And to Ari, the only way he reacted was, you mean there's no God? Because obviously... <laughs> uh, so, how, how does he interpret it? Um, I, I, I think that Maharaji saying that is simply... And when there's no more subject object in some in a in a, in a being that's gone beyond, there's no more. I, I'm the way that we see things. You know, we're seeing. Yeah. There's a subject and an object. When there's no subject and object, what do you see? You don't see something separate from yeah. yourself, right? That level of it. Maybe I'm being. It's, that it's it's being not seeing yeah being not seeing exactly exactly and then this whole thing around arjun could not see krishna said see but he could not see when did he see and it, it when krishna when the grace happened which is gr karma and grace being one so it can't happen until that yeah. <laughs> Oh boy! What do you mean, karma and grace one? Well, if Krishna is going to give the grace to Arjun. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. So anyhow, yes. I yes. Yes. So I read this, uh, and as I'm reading it, and I'm thinking of you, everybody out there, by the way. Ramdas is sitting in his chair. Well, you can see him sitting in the chair if you're watching the YouTube video. Uh, and he's looking out at beautiful the ocean. ocean forever. It just stretches forever. I mean, he's right at the edge of uh, on, on Maui, near near the cliff, which is at the edge. Uh, yeah. You could call it the edge of awakening. <laughs> and the clouds. And the blue sky. And the true trees. And the grasses. It's all, it's all manifestation. It's hard to be, to be it and see it because hmm. yeah 
we like experiencing. So once we're in the yeah. relationship to experiencing, we are in, in a yeah. duality. The, the, our um, senses are obstacles to our to our knowing. Mm. Knowing who we are. Knowing you are. Yeah. But then, on the other hand, the ability to utilize them uh, in order to practice is is a boon. So it's a double-edged sword. It traps you, yeah. as you've said many, many times, at the same time as it enables you to do the kinds of things that allow the being to happen being here now, rather than the subject-object, which includes judging and so on and so forth. So, like last night, I was just telling you, we did a kirtan here in Asheville, where I live, and uh, I had a, a funny experience. I, I was singing something, leading something, a uh, Shiva chant, and I had just learned the melody, so I didn't. I wasn't able to play it where I didn't have to think about anything. You know what I mean? Where it was just automatic. That's the advantage of Krishnadas. He's out there every night. It's none. It's all automatic, so he can just be completely present. You know. So, but I was in a situation where I wasn't comfortable because I really didn't know it. And I was trying to let go into the moment. And I, I was like fighting myself. And then at, at one point, I, something flipped. And I just, okay. It's whatever the mantra took me to a place beyond. I was still fumbling a little bit, but I wasn't attached to it. And it wasn't stopping the moment. And uh, Your attachment. Yeah, yep. To doing good, being good, all of that bullshit, you know, that all went away, and I found myself yep. completely in in the moment with 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 the mantra, and so that that sensory thing really worked out well for me last night, of you know, the sound, expressing the sound, the mantra, and hearing it, and the sound of the mantra, the sound of the mantra, yeah. Yeah, took over. So uh, that's certainly a place. Uh, it's interesting we're talking about this, actually, because I also wanted to mention to you that uh, uh, I think I did mention some somebody wrote us, and, you know, with some um, questions for uh, a publication, actually, in Germany. Uh, and and it's funny because one of the things I was just going to ask you a couple of the questions because I think everybody would be interested in them, and um, and we're talking about uh, practice now and the way that it can uh, or sensory s stuff can trap you big time uh, into an experiential dynamic which uh, is difficult sometimes to get out of. And that's why I just said the truth, the mantra, you know, the repetition of the mantra for me last night automatically moved me out of it. Um, but one of the questions that, that they asked is the, the why do we, why is it so important? Because you have said it in many, many times, you, Ramdas, over the years, that a spiritual practice is important. Why? Well, the, you mean sadhana? Yeah, sadhana. Um, sadhana helps us get into what, what we are, which are 
our souls. Most people don't identify with their soul. Uh, uh, the perception of the world, of themselves, is different. Is different from the ego. Different from the psychology. And the the soul has love, has compassion. has wisdom, has peace, has joy. That's all you're missing, all you're missing, and you've got to get to your soul. I have a a phrase to use to use to go to the soul. I am loving awareness. 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 And you repeat that. Loving awareness is a name for your soul. For you, for for the soul, not your soul. Your soul is something to do with ego. So that's now one. Then sadhana is 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 um is a prelude to death is your de- death follows from Ego to soul, ego to soul, and sadhana is really preparing you, hmm. preparing you for even for sitting bedside by somebody hmm. who's dying, or. Your parents, for example. That's pretty good. Mm. So we could actually say doing spiritual practice, sadhana, is a way of re-identification, really. It's re-identifying you from ego to soul. Yes. Loving yes. awareness. What I mean, people call it many different names. Uh, but uh, that re-identification process is 
I think you've said before too. We're talking about it's a preparation for for final. You know, when you die, you your ego identification, body, all of it goes. But on a day-to-day basis, which is another good reason for it, it doesn't matter how old you are, but on a day-to-day basis, that re-identification from ego to soul is so absolutely necessary to be able to live from a completely different vantage point. Uh, Oh, boy. Yeah, which you talk about. Um, and since we're we're talking a little bit about uh, uh, transition, so there there somebody just quoted your one of your books still here, embracing age and change and dying. The book you finished after you had your stroke. Um, so again, you know, it we we say these things. Uh, and use these words, which I myself sometimes have a a lot of trouble with, because they're easily said and not so easily put into practice. And the word here is embracing, right? Embracing aging, embracing change, just starting right there. Embracing change. Embracing, embracing. How do we actually get to a moment where we can put our arms around suffering? It's where we we where we uh, where we finish with our attachments, hmm. and then. Go towards change. Because the change, change, it would change what it is. And that you have attachments to it. Yeah. But how do you let go of those attachments? That's the that's the real difficulty. You're saying before, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> Maybe grace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it goes back to yeah. it goes back to sadhana, <laughs> right? I mean, there's no way you can even get anywhere near, in my mind. Uh, the idea of embracing difficult, you know, impermanence, change, the idea of embracing uh, in in this particular book still here, aging, which you know all of us that uh, are in the boomer generation are. I'll tell you, my body is eighty through eighty eighty six six eighty six, and. I'm embracing change, I'll tell you. Are you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you've got it in spades, I know, because we talk all the time. How are you How are you able to embrace when that kind of pain, and you're up all night because you've got that nerve stuff going on your leg that just keeps you up. I mean, it's just, it's just the thought of it is, is really difficult. How are you dealing with well, that in the moment? I move from that to another pain, and then another pain, and then another pain. I, I, I meet them as friends, as friends. Mm. They're reminders of my, that I have a body. I, I go far out, far out to oneness or near the oneness, and I'm still limited time and space, and I better take care of the body 
because that, this is my karma. This is my karma. And grace. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah that's that that fierce grace that yeah fierce grace a lot of fierce grace going on <laughs> <laughs> these days <laughs> yeah. oh boy um well well uh yeah 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 it's, it's our karma Uh, the this um, there's one interesting question that's about purpose. I mean, this and this is really probably something good for next generation people to hear from from you. Um, they're talking about the importance of finding one's dharma, and they are kind of equating it with purpose. And uh, just my my take is um, one's dharma fuels or feeds one's purpose. But uh, like in my own case, uh, dharma, I, I my dharma was when I found it, which is when I met you. I knew okay. My dharma is to get to know who I truly am and not to be bound by the attachment, desire, uh, you know, judgmental mind and all of that was to work. That is, I knew that that was what I needed to do in this life, my dharma. Um, and then my purpose developed over years where fortunately, I mean, uh, in in my case, actually, Maharaji said to me at one point, what do you do in America? And I'm trying to figure out, let's see, program director of a rock and roll station, how do you, what? You know, I, that went through my mind. And before that thought even got complete, he, he looked up at me, and in English, and he pointed his finger, and he went, broadcaster? So that kind of set my agenda and purpose for the rest of my life. Here I am sitting here right now in front of you with headphones on or doing a, a Skype podcast, right? But for people, so that's my take about I found that's what I considered I found my dharma and then over time I found uh, a purpose of, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it had to do with working with you in the early days and, and then working over the years in different kinds of media and so on. Um, but what would you say to people about that? What is it to you in terms of dharma and, and uh, purpose and how do they meet? I don't, I don't, I don't see the differentiation. Mm. Dharma and, and purposes is, is intertwined from Dharma. Uh, you, you act dharmically and it will get you to your goal if you want to go uh, uh, And Krishna said to Arjuna, the goal is mine. Hmm. 
So we uh, we can say the goal is uh, Maharaji's purpose. I'm trying to figure out what the purpose. Well, yeah, meaning you know. I what think that's. What do I do in life? What's my purpose? How do I manifest what my true purpose is uh, in in life? And and what you're saying is it has to be completely aligned with Dharma, which yeah. you just explained with the story of Arjun and Krishna. You align your purpose with me. And I guess that's that's a terrific thing when you think about in terms of how do you find it and actualize it. Well, the very first thing seems to be that you you realize that you're not the doer. That's the lesson, yeah. first lesson of the Bhagavad Gita. And so it's to align yourself with Krishna or whoever Krishna, whatever name you want to put to to that Maharaji Maharaji yeah well easy for us Maharaji <laughs> which by the way <laughs> which it's easy it's easy it's easy for everybody yeah I know and there's a there's a question here which is you found your guru in India and experienced this unbelievable love for him and with him but most people don't have a guru they don't find one what do we do and does everyone need a guru Everyone needs a guru. Mm. A guru is within you. It's within your heart and your imagination. And it, it's each person has a guru. Who's listening? Listening that to this is is a dharma, and I offer you my guru. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Come on. And then it, your life's so simple, having a guru, because all the problems you give over to to the guru, the guru he has your life. He has your life. Mm. Yeah. And and of course, uh, <laughs> Ramdas, you wrote a book that, going on a couple of million people read, called "Be Here Now," and the untold um, thousands of people, God knows who all met Maharaji through that book and then through Miracle of Love, by the way, which came out after it, uh, some years after, uh, that uh, what that offer that you just made, you made back then. Of course, you were not supposed to make that offer. <laughs> you weren't supposed to tell anybody about him, but you did. And you said, come on, here he is. You can have him too. And and of course, the the neat part about it is that uh, no necessity for a physical body. Uh, when we're talking about uh, a being like a siddha like this, no necessity. And uh, so many people have found this and continue to find this, which is to me mind blowing because you know I see all the mail coming to Love Serve Remember Foundation from people. I get call- I just just the other day some young guy who was at the retreat in spring 
and he's actually been to a couple of them. He called me and he said, um, I'd like to see if you could help me out because I, I met you all at the spring retreat. I met Ram Das, Krishna Das and all that. And uh, I just here talk about Dharma and purpose. This is an actual great uh, story of that. I work for IBM as a salesperson and I am completely dissatisfied with that. And it's just not something it's fulfilling. And I'm only 24 years old. So I feel it's right for me to go to India and find my dharma. And then he sa I said, well, what have you, have you been, you know, taking teachings? Have you known Ram Dass? Uh, last, so it's just a couple of years, you know, not too long. And, uh, and in his whole tone of voice, I got, okay, Maharaji has absolutely, he said, Maharaji has been with me after this retreat in particular in the spring, which is a couple of months ago. We were in Maui together, right? And so I put him on a whole tour through Nainital to meet up with KK, right? And go to uh, Kenchi and then go just hang out, you know, the whole tour because that was exactly what he wanted. And he's just going to go off. And, and then I thought to myself, shit, I went to India when I was 24. I did the exact same thing. And yeah. so this story is repeating. And it's just, it's, it's kind of amazing. But that does speak to, he's, he's just aligning himself with, with that Dharma, with Maharaja. You know, I think if you you may, you spy the mail, but you find people that don't go to India. Yeah. Don't go to India and get the same hit from yeah. Maharaji. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good to make clear. You do not have to go to India in this particular case. Uh, there are people, I'm hearing from people who want advice about, because they know I can tell them where to go in India and give them information and so on. So I'm hearing from that. I'm not hearing from people, although that's not true. I am hearing from people who completely, utterly connect without going anywhere. Uh, so it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it certainly yeah, is. There, there are a few. There are few. Yeah. There More are very few. few. Very few? There's a lot. Very few. What do you mean? Com compared to the whole oh. number, number of human beings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm talking about my little world here, okay? <laughs> yes. Oh. Um. So here's another thing, uh, and this relates to stuff we've talked about before. Uh, when, whenever we hang out, especially since the uh, beginning of this year when things changed in our world here. Uh, but this is a question around being happy, just being happy. And I, I remember um, one little story when um, my father came to visit my brother and I in India unbeknownst that he was going to do that and he suddenly said wrote us a letter i'm coming great <laughs> you know and uh anyhow when he did come maharaji said to him why did you come uh, why'd you come and he said well i wanted to see how my sons were doing and maharaji said well how are they doing and he said well, they seem to be happy. Maharaji said, happiness is everything. And so here's a question, you know, how can we be happy uh, when we, you know, our world is not a very happy place right now. We have a lot of unhappy and sad people. And how, how can we be happy amidst what is going on? And how, and ultimately, how can we be of service? Your dharma is to be happy. 
your your happiness is inside. And that happiness is radiated to the culture. That's that's truly what's what social action is. And like we we do the retreats and they they, the retreatants go to after the retreat. They've gone with love, with love, with love, with love. All we did was we provide an environment for that love, hmm. and then they go out from love. And that three hundred people or something, and and I feel that is my social action because the, this world needs love. Needs love. Each person's love. Yeah. Your neighbors are your dog. Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> your cats. Yourself. Mm. Yourself, yourself needs love. And when you have love, when you feel love, Your home. Yeah. 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 Your home spiritually. Once you're home there, as you say, spiritually, quote unquote, you're most likely to be feeling at home in every different way. Your physical circumstances. Every, for if this moment, you're burrowing into this moment, this moment, this moment, this moment. Wow. Yum, 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 yum. This moment. Just this moment. Wow. This moment. It's right there, right there. In a moment, you don't say, it's not time, it's not hours and minutes and stuff like that. A moment is, is, is infinite, is infinite. Just this moment. Mm. Thank you. Yes. Hmm. Well, this is a good way to start off our summer. Right? We're just just a day or two after the solstice in 2017. 
And uh, by the way, everybody. I've, uh, oh. I, I, I had a solstice separate, uh, solstice uh, gathering. Yeah. I went to one that was a, was uh, Hawaiian. Oh, really? In a, in a heiau. Mm. That's a, a piece of land that's sacred. And there, and there they prayed. And it was just sensational. Really? Was it was it over the ocean or near the ocean or in the mountains? Yeah, in the, yeah. the ocean. Uh -huh. Wow. Mountains and the ocean. All the, oh, man. It was in the mountains, and you should go and see the ocean. Mm. Wow. And. Leo, who's mm. she's a, she's a holy woman. She has uh, this heiau, a temple. Yeah. And there were about Fifty of us. Mm. Great big circle. Mm. And we had love that that circle was full of love. It was it was the kind of love, spiritual love. It was it was not loving things or people. It was just love. It was just The kind of love that Maharaj is producing. Mm. Unconditional love. Unconditional love. Then, up to the up to the to Maharaj, I had never, never had unconditional love. I was a I, I was a good boy. That was loving. I was cute, loving. I was something. I was some. I was somebody before, and I still wrestle with that. <laughs> Everyone will appreciate that you're still wrestling with anything. See, it's okay. Yeah. Wrestling goes on. Yes, 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 yes. Wrestling goes on. It's okay. I got that message from you the first minute I saw you, and 
we talked and that message has stayed all the way through to this moment and i was going to say yeah. you know thank you for all of the wrestling that you do you know wrestling with that body and dealing with all that stuff and making yeah. friends with the the pain so you can continue on i mean thank you Uh, and thanks for our hangout here today, too. Uh, I'll tell the aches and pains that you think of. <laughs> Who's that? Your cat? A kitty? Yeah. Oh. All right, so uh, this is Ramdas here and now. We forgot to tell everybody. There's there's a kitty, the kitty ears. This is Ramdas here and now, and uh, one of our li I shouldn't say live installments, but I should say one of our Sunday afternoon chat installments that I appreciate so much. Gives me an opportunity. They're really wonderful. Yeah. So thanks so much, Ramdas. And everybody, we will see you next time on Ramdas Here and Now on the Be Here Now Network. Ram Ram. Goodbye, everybody. This podcast is brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. We appreciate you listening, and we appreciate all the support that you've given us. Please continue that support and donate at ramdas.org. We can then continue to share what Ramdas has been sharing for all of these years. Thank you. <laughs>